Hey, happy summer to you. And you, and you, and, and me. And you too, okay. <laughs> hey, let us know where you're watching from. Comment below. I'm watching from the Casas household while well, I'm recording from there. Doesn't matter. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? Question mark? I guess that is a question. All in one space, and it's absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. I was waiting for you to uh, so Chef's kiss. All right, hey, that's Chef's kiss. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.30 and 11 a.m. on Sundays. We would love to meet you. We would. But we want to remind you that next Sunday, July 3rd, is Sabbath Sunday, which means that there will, there won't be, there will be no in-person gathering. But don't worry. Stop panicking. We will have a special online service premiering at 9 a.m. So enjoy the holiday with your family and your friends and possibly your enemies. I don't want to tell you how to celebrate the 4th. Come visit us next week. That's Jordan's deal. Hey, we also want to say thank you for your obedience to God's word in the form of giving back to God through the giving of your tithe, which if you don't know what that is, it's 10% of your income as worship to God. 10%. If you're looking to give, head to our website and you, know, you can just text any amount to 84321. Enjoy Echo Online. online. Service. Service. Your service. Andy's service. Andy's, Andy's service. The service. Yeah. Standing on your faithfulness
children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayers back then and you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you were providing then you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god that Jesus is the same God today, yesterday, and forever. I don't know about you guys, but my whole life I haven't been able to put my faith in anybody but Jesus. Because what man has doesn't last, but what God does lasts forever. Let's come together this morning on this next song and lift up the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, I call you maker, he says.
Jesus. You are the one true Messiah, Father. Father, you says that by your grace we were saved, Jesus. Father, today we remember what you did for us, Father. And as we sing this next song together, let's just exalt that. Let's bring it into the forefront of our mind today. Remember that God's grace saved us even when we were in our sin, even when we didn't deserve it. In Jesus' name.
make this place a house of worship. You lift your own word. No matter how uncomfortable it is, we speak out the name of Jesus. You said in the song, oh, healed, we are healed and forgiven. Our chains are gone. Death no longer has a hold over us, Jesus, because your grace holds that crown. Look at your neighbor and say, be a better human. Um, Google tells me that there are some rude behaviors out there. And uh, I just thought I would remind us of some of those uh, today. I've always found it absolutely fascinating that when I go into a restaurant bathroom, there is a sign that says, employees, wash your hands. (laughs) How many think it's rude to not wash your hands after you go into the bathroom? Can I hear an amen? 
Come on, come on. Just try to make us better humans. One little child over there thought it was a good idea as well. Uh, just to bring it an extra level, there was this one time, and sorry about the, the image that I might pre- provide for you, but I was sitting at the urinal, and as I was, um, whatever, I was rudely interrupted by a man who came in talking on his phone, stood next to me at the adjacent urinal, talking on the phone. Everybody say, how rude. It was the strangest thing. I was like, man, the audacity of this man. Now, some of you are thinking he's holding holding his phone. He wasn't. He had his earbuds in, and he was screaming, talking to the person. And I was going, man, how rude, man. I was just trying to concentrate here. But um, anyway, um, (laughs) someone's like, I'm not coming back to that church. How about this? I'm trying to make you all better humans out there. Any dog lovers? Dog lovers? I believe it's rude to leave the, the bowel movement in someone else's yard. You know what I'm saying? So just better. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, be a better human. Be less rude. Be less rude. And that's exactly what Jude is trying to do. I think he gets straight to the point uh, to this local church congregation that he's writing to. And, and I want to remind us today what... Uh, what he's trying to accomplish. And, and I want to kind of just reach back to two weeks ago and just remind you of maybe the summary of this book. Uh, but it is short to the point. And one of the things that he says almost right away is he says that there is a worm amongst you, which is, I mean, I mean, come on, man. Can you be a little nicer about that? Can you just choose something a little bit easier on my soul? And, and, uh, and I want to pause, and, and I want to say this, and I've said it already, but let's personalize that message. Let's not just point to the person next to us thinking that that person is the one who needs to hear the message, or it's the person that's not coming to church today. But maybe the Lord is reminding us that if we're not careful, a worm can creep into our spirituality, into our faith. And, and that's just such a great reminder. And if we allow that worm to to creep into our life, this is what Jude says happens. It perverts God's grace. It hands a license out to sin, ultimately getting to a point where we might disown our master Jesus, which can I just tell you this in, in echo terms? It's taking Jesus out of the center of everything and putting Jesus on the peripheral. And Rude Jude is just saying, hey, guess what? Heads up, this worm exists and it creeps in so easily and it can so easily destroy what the Lord is trying to do within you. And in summary, Jude, man, he kind of hits it hard, man. He, he has a couple of illustrations and I'll just pick a few of those out today. But he looks at his audience and he says, if you allowed this worm to bring you down this path, you end up being a waterless cloud, trees without fruit, or savage sea waves. I mean, he is intense. <laughs> he is intense. And if you don't mind, can I be intense with you all summer long? I mean, I'm for real. Like, when's the last time you looked in the mirror of your soul and you were like, no, but Jesus, can you just get straight to the point and do something in my heart because something's got to change? I just sent some people walked into this room and you are steeped in addiction and you've sat there and you know what you need? You need someone straight to the point to just call out that worm and bring you freedom in Jesus' name. So anyway, if you're 
thinking I'm really being rude, just go ahead and scream rude Jude at me at any point. I'll be fine with it. Uh, I'll think you're rude too. So, but anyway, uh, but the, the best part of Jude, and, and you can see this thematically through this, and I, I want to go over this because I want us to understand the message in complete uh, and in completeness, is Jude repetitively and thematically goes through that book, even though it's short, and he, he reminds us with this very powerful statement, but you, dear friends, but you, dear friends, and in the same way, like I said, I want to take this summer and I want to look at you and say, but dear friends, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you and are you following in obedience? Open up your Bible if you have it. Flip open your app. Swipe up, swipe down. Shake it all around. The book of Jude is at the end of the Bible. It's the book right before Revelation. And it's only one chapter, which just makes it really, really easy. And Jude 1.17 is where I want to focus today. And again, he reminds his audience, but dear friends, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of. Let me, let me just say that again, help you understand what's going on. But dear friends, remember what the messengers, the ones who were sent ones, said about our Lord Jesus Christ and that they spoke out to you. This word remember means to be mindful. It means to be reminded. And if you dig a little deeper into the root word and the etymology of this, of this, uh, of this book, it, it means to remain and to abide. The one thing we can take away from this simple word to remember is it's not in one ear and out of the other, which brings me to this point. Memory is a funny thing. Does anybody agree with that in the house today? Memory is the funniest thing. It's so funny, the things that you remember. One of the things, as I was thinking about some of my memories last night and throughout the week, is I remember this one particular time my family uh, went to Pizza Hut to celebrate the Book It Club. Can I hear it? Amen. Anybody, is, anybody participate in the Book It? And this, I had my little personal pizza because I read the books. Come on, come on. I mean, I skimmed them. I didn't actually read them, but I, no, anyway... But I remember sitting there, and when no one was looking, guess what I did? I found the Parmesan little shaker, and I went like this. And no one was looking. And at the right moment, my dad takes that Parmesan shaker, and how many know he had some cheese with his pizza that day? And he got so angry. I remember the moment he was like, oh, and he's just like me. I'm just like him. And I was like, no, you just ruined my pizza that I paid hard and good money for. And I remember he was, you know, dealing with us as children, not knowing who did it as, you know, sneaky, suspicious Andy did it. And I remember looking at my mom and she's smirking from ear to ear. <laughs> That's my boy. Isn't it funny what we remember? I've been trying to get out of my memory um, that I, I think it happened. We were at a pizza place with, with our family and, and when we weren't exactly paying attention, our middle-born Zakiah went like this to the top of the Parmesan, little shaker. 
Isn't it funny what we remember? I, I, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it funny? So I'm a Packer fan. Don't hold that against me. So just this, this illustration, think of as the Viking fans. And if you're a legit fan, you can remember most of the players' names. Isn't it funny how, how we can memorize people's names that we just know about, we don't really know. But then there's other moments as a pastor, and there has been moments like this where someone will come up and say, his name is George. George will come up to me and say, hey, would you pray? Do you mind praying with me today? I was like, sure, yeah, yeah. What's your name? George. Okay, good, George. What, who do you want to pray for? Will we, will we pray for Sally? I'm like, okay, sure, let's, let's do that. And just this is seconds later, and we bow our head, and I'm like, Lord... I pray for this family, (laughs) this man, he's a good man. All the while I'm I'm sitting there praying internally, Lord, please remind me. And then it gets to the point where I got to pray for her, you know, his friend. And I'm like, and uh, Lord, touch her and use him. Holy Spirit, help us all. Amen. (laughs) But isn't it funny how memory is? It's like the things that we want to to remember, we don't remember. And then the things that, you know, vice versa. You get the point. Um, Which brings me to my memory issue when it comes to my wife's to-do list. (sighs) Jamie's laughing because she knows she does that to Hayden. And she'll, she'll be like, okay, this is what I want to accomplish this next week, this next month, this next year, it seems to be, because there's always a list of 17 things. And as she's naming after one after another, another, all I'm thinking in my mind is like, just tell me one thing, because I forgot already. Does anybody relate to that? Come on, I'm just trying to help us all become better humans, better humans. Write it down, write it down, write it down. Uh, but let's get back to the text. But my dear friends, remember, in our terms, my dear friends, be mindful of what the messengers are speaking of about Jesus. If it was in our terms, if we're, we're kind of like, you know, beating the dead horse just a little bit, as dear friends, would you abide within the message of Christ? Dear friends, remain in the things that you've heard and been spoken to about Jesus. If you don't mind, if I can just kind of get to my rude Jude comment, if I can get just straight to the point, we can't and we won't remember something we've never heard, we've never read, or we've never experienced. And that's what concerns me about the American church, the local church, and and I'll just be quite frank, I mean, I'm being rude Jude already here today, so, and, and this church. I'm worried that we will not remember something that we've never heard, we've never read, and we've never experienced. I am concerned about biblical literacy. Although I didn't really listen very well in Sunday school, at least I went to Sunday school. (laughs) 
And, and sometimes I learned a few things, and, and then I went to college and went to Bible school, and, and I got some of those types of uh, uh, training. But the general population of the church, what I'm concerned about is this, is that, that we as consumers, and we're sitting there swiping up and down on our phones, and we're, we're clicking through channels. It's the same way we come and sit in church and begin, become to, or we begin to consume Scripture as we do the other products of the world. And what I'm worried is this, is it's going in one ear and going out on the outs, out of the other ear. And what I want to say is this, is dear friends, dear friends, what if we could be a church? What if we would be a people? What if I was a person that would listen, that would abide, that would remain and truly remember God's word? because I've heard it, because I have read it, and I have experienced it. So when it comes to biblical literacy, here's a few questions we should ask ourselves when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to to digging in deeper, is is what did the apostles speak about? What did Jesus' disciples speak about after he left? And that is the epistles and, and the letters and, and some of those books in the New Testament that are beyond the, the gospels. And, and what's significant about those books is those are books that are truly explaining to you what it meant for Jesus to be here on earth. Those are great theological books that help you understand and dig deeper into your faith. So we should be asking and we should be seeking out what did the apostles speak about? So when we read this idea of dear friends remember what the apostles teach it's direct reference to these letters to these teachings these moments where people were teach where they're explaining and helping us understand who Jesus was and that's the other second uh, the second part of this uh, equation of sorts if we're going to understand the Bible better we need to understand who Jesus is and we need to know what Jesus's words are. That's why I love the Gospels. I love the Gospels. I love reading everything Jesus. I loved how he directed his disciples. I loved how his his disciples seemed to be so naive and so dumb at moments, and Jesus was so kind, but yet straight to the point at other moments. I love to hear and see and sense who Jesus was and put myself in those moments and truly begin to glean and understand who Jesus is. The other thing that we need to begin to understand is the meta-narrative of the scripture, big word warning. We need to understand the overarching story of scripture and we have to understand how Jesus and who he is is truly what ties everything in together. If we are going to become literate when it comes to biblical concepts we have to understand those things, but this is the last one. This is, this is the icing, you know, this is the cherry on top. This, this is what we need to lean into because we can understand what the apostles speak. We can understand who Jesus is. We can understand the meta narrative and how it's all tied together. But what we need to do is invite the Holy Spirit to help you understand it all together and to apply it to our life. We need the Holy Spirit because we can know, but yet not understand. 
I want to tell you about a resource. I've known about it for years, and I always assume that everybody knows about it, but uh, there is a great resource on, online. It's the website. is thebibleproject.com. They're all over YouTube. If you've not yet used this resource as a biblical supplementary um, resource, man, I tr- strongly encourage you to write that down. Go to that website. And, and honestly, the simplest thing you could do today is before you go to bed is go to the YouTube, look up the Bible Project Jude video on YouTube and, and let it help you understand this book specifically even better. If you want to go deeper and you want long form uh, formatting um, uh, they have a beautiful and a wonderfully, typically very boring podcast for those that are maybe <laughs> needs a little entertaining. But if you want to go deeper, man, Scott and I, we love listening to that. And you just might as well. I want to give you three handles. I want three takeaways uh, to this word of, uh, of remembrance and, and what I believe Jude is trying to get across to us. So we have to understand a few things when it comes to remembrance. And, and there's a few scriptures that are correlated with this. And, and let me read the scriptures first, and then I'll give you the point. John 12, 16, his telmedim, which by the way, that's disciple. That's the Hebrew word for disciple, which by the way, I think is super rad. Like when someone says like, are you a Christian? You should say, no, I'm a telmedim of Jesus. And you'll lose them, but anyway, you'll feel really good because you just spoke a little Hebrew, right? You know, it'd be cool. But anyway, the disciples did not understand this at first. So it was this concept that they didn't understand. But after Jesus had been glorified, after he had been risen, they then remembered what the Tanakh said about them, what the scriptures had said about them. And and they began to apply it to their life. John 2, 22 says, therefore he was raised from dead and then his disciples remembered that he had said this and then they trusted. What you need to understand about remembrance is this. Take a step back. Understanding. Understanding is progressive. What you know now is not what you really will know in the future. Understanding is a forward movement, right? But what you need to understand is this, and this is the handle for remembrance, is understanding, although understanding is progressive, remembrance is a tool for clarity. There are certain things that happen to your life. There are certain things that you hear in scripture. There's some certain things that you're gonna read about scripture. There are certain faith experiences you're gonna have. They're gonna ultimately bring you clarity one day. Let me say this. You all have questions when it comes to the Bible. A lot of them probably sit in the Old Testament, which is arguably extremely confusing. There are some things you may not understand about Jesus. There, there may be some things that you read theologically in the epistles and the letter that you just don't get, you don't really jive with. Let me tell you this. You know what is a good thing? Is that you have tons of questions. For some of you, might be discouraged. I am encouraged. In fact, I'm excited because you know what that tells me? I have tons to learn and I have tons of more uh, spiritual and faith experiences that are ahead of me. So when there are no answers, it's not the time to put the shovel down, but it's the time to pick the shovel up. It's not time to give up. It's time to dig up and dig in. Remembrance is a tool for clarity. 
How about this? Matthew 26, 75. That is a long chapter, uh, but it's about Peter. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And then he went outside and wept bitterly. And he was broken. And let me tell you this. This was possibly Peter's most transformational, memorable moment of his life. And you know what it's wrapped around? Remembrance. And the remembrance of spoken word. You need to hear that. It's remembering the spoken word that ultimately becomes a tool for transformation. This is what I want you to hear. This is a second handle. There is a power of remembering the spoken word. I was just talking to someone yesterday about uh, a church planner. We, we, this is really cool. I didn't even say this in first service. We gave a ton of church plant, church portable stuff to a brand new church plant that's happening in the city's area yesterday because of your generosity. Can you hear it for you? Okay, clap for yourself. I mean, awesome. Anyway, I was just telling him how there was some spoken words that were spoken to me in a negative way, and that every time I come up on the stage, I have to overcome that spoken word with the spoken word in my life. There's a power in remembering the spoken word. The, the word, uh, the, you're remembering the words that the apostles spoke is this, is, is, the word is rhema, which means the spoken word which if you go ahead and the root word of that and the etymology is the means to pour forth or to utter. And we, can, we, we, we just all need to agree with this in Matthew 4. Uh, let me read you a few scriptures and I'll tell you what we need to agree with. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done to you. And in Romans 10, 17, it says, so trust comes from what is heard and what, heard, what is heard comes through a word proclaimed by our Messiah. The biblical principle is this, that there's power and transformation through the spoken word of God. That's what we agree upon. That although we may not understand it all, we agree that there is transformational power behind the spoken word of God. That's why I think it is so important to make it to church every week. It's not about attendance. It, 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 yes, it has something to do with being a part of a community and being involved in using, using your gifts. The biggest portion and the most important aspect of coming to church weekly is to have the word of God spoken over you. The other context that is excellent for spoken word is our table communities that are starting today. Shameless plug. Join one of those today. There is a power of, of metaphorically sitting on the other side of the table and allowing someone to speak the word of God over you and letting them speak, or you speaking the word over them in discussion and in articulation of scripture. There's a power of spoken word. Last handle. We'll close shop. Matthew 5.23 says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, 
Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled, then come back and offer your gift. One of the most fascinating scriptures, because you really dig into this, you understand what Jesus is telling his disciples is if you bring your gift to, mind you, they were in Jerusalem and they're at the temple, okay, and that they had made this pilgrimage about approximately a 70 mile walk to go make this offering. They're saying, if you remember as you are worshiping Jesus that there is a brother or sister that's got a problem with you, you are to leave your gift, go travel that 70 miles, make reconciliation happen there, forgiveness, and then you are to go back 70 miles and make that offering. I did the numbers because I'm a geek like that at some point in my life. Uh, And you know what? It was before I had kids. And what I did is I looked at it. It's the equivalent of jumping in your car right after church today, driving out to LA, California, making right with the person that's got wrong there, driving back to Echo by next week to make things right. My point, the last handle is this, there's no use in remembering it if you don't live it. Ooh, root Jude in the house. That's what this scripture tells me. If in the midst of worship, you have your hands up and you're praising God and you're serving in the parking lot or, I mean, you are super spiritual if you're in the kids department and you're, you're giving out coffee and, 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 and you're loving Jesus. But if you remember that there is an issue with a brother or sister, God is not asking you to be reminded of it, to go in one ear and out of the other, but you are to actually apply it to your life. There is no use to remembering it if we do not not live it here. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, I hear and I forget. I see and I remember. I do and I understand. Understanding brings wisdom. And I want to be a church where we're full of wisdom that we're full of God's word and we hear it and we say it and we live it. Jesus, today we, we pause. Lord, we pause and, 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 and my heart's cry is this, is that you are the loudest voice in the room. I, I'm sorry, I have to pause. That, that bubblegum pop was perfect. That was so good. God, pop our bubbles. God, get us out of our comfort zone. Because some of us, we just come here and we sit at a seat and we listen and then we just go live our life the way we want it. And God, I just sense that your Holy Spirit in this space and, and, and God, maybe we've got these balloons and you're just sitting here popping it today, God, that you want to do something special in and through us today. Holy Spirit, would you just enter this room?
And God, you were here before we came. We understand that. When I say the room, God, enter the room of our heart and our mind. Disrupt our stubborn selves today. And may your word, your transformational power today renew us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, I want to take just a few moments and remember what Jesus did. If you have your communion cups, you can prepare those here. And and just in a few minutes after Dexter leads us in this song, we're going to do what Jesus did in the last days of his life when he got his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. But before we participate, I would love for us to lean in and truly listen, truly hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to us individually.
slide on again. Jason, you were made by him. You were made for him. Andrea, you were made by him. And you were made for him. Kim, you're made, you're made by him. And you were made for him. Donna, the same is for you. these spoken words have transformational power. We're leaning into full communion here. We're putting you at the center of everything we do. And we're declaring, Lord, that you are good and what you have made is good God, some of us today, we just need to let that sink in to us, into our hearts and and into our minds. So across the room, can we just have a good little murmur? Can Can you just say this with me? I was made by you. I was made for you. Jesus, you said it, so we believe it. And we remember it, and we're going to live it. And we do that physically today, Jesus, as we take the bread. And we remember. We remember this one thing, that your body was broken for me. Not me, you. God, his son. His body was broken for you. Again, just would you say this is the power of spoken word? Jesus, your body was broken for me. And we believe it. We believe it. So we pause. And we eat cardboard because you said it. And it may mean silly, but God, as we eat this, I pray that it would have a transformational mark mark within our life, not anything physical, but everything spiritually because we're being faithful with what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, you may participate with the bread. And Jesus, as we drink this grape juice, there's nothing there that's special about it. Kind of subpar as well. But we remember the cost of your blood. And we take that serious. Your blood poured down for me. 
your life given ransom for my forgiveness, my salvation, and my healing. And ultimately to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and to hear his voice. As we drink, God, we live in eternity now. In Jesus' name, you may participate. God, you are good. Let us all stand up. Let's sing this again as we declare this over our life and who God is and who you are to him. quite a bit used the word remember today and I was thinking about the fact that we every week we say a prayer together so for some of you it's gonna be the very first time you say this prayer which is awesome and for some of us it's a reminder it's a moment to remember that Jesus is with us and we're walking the journey with him so when this prayer is on the screen what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna walk through this we're gonna walk through it together and uh And just see Jesus move. It's just one more step. So let's start this together. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate some people today that are remembering what they said in the past or maybe saying it for the first time. I don't know about you guys, but this is a this is kind of a daunting adventure right here when I think about the Bible in the first place. Which, by the way, I stole this Bible from Callan. Proud of you for having your Bible in church, bro. I just want you to know that. This is a daunting task. So here's the deal. I don't know if you realize this, but if you're looking at me right now, we're making a contract together. You ready? I want everybody in the room to do two things this week. Just two things. Read the book of Jude. It's one chapter. I'm guessing like Let's call it two and a half minutes if you're a slow reader like me, okay? Two and a half minutes. And then I want you to go on the Bible Project like Pastor Andy talked about. And there's a video for the book of Jude. This video is seven minutes and 21 seconds. We're talking less than 10 minutes. And by the way, I see all your eyes. That's a a verbal, I mean, I'm going to call this like a contractual agreement. Sonia agrees. She's smiling right now. It's a contractual agreement that you're going to read that this week and watch that video. Now, Echo Church, we like to celebrate here, so let's celebrate some people that are in the room for the first time today. You know what? Let's celebrate Callan for bringing his Bible today. Come on. I'm proud of you, buddy. And let's celebrate those that said that prayer with us for the very first time today. Come on. Echo Church, we love you. We're so glad you're here, and we can't wait to see you next week. Have an amazing week, everybody.